Welcome to Life and Laughs Podcast, recorded live from the coast of Southern California to the hills of Central Arkansas. It's time to make it a great day with your host, a man that's the whitest Mexican in the known universe, and a man who is constantly mistaken for Nikki Six of Motley Crue, Johnny and Elias. Welcome to the Life to Laughs podcast, sponsored by Dead and Buried Ink, specializing in all of your printing needs. That's deadandburiedink.com. I'm Johnny. Thanks for joining us. And on the West Coast in L.A., it's my co-host, comedic genius, Elias Israel. Hello, everybody. Elias here. Johnny, I'm so excited. All of our listeners should be excited as well. Why? Because we've got such a great show for you. Our guest today, comedian and actress Heather Pasternak. Yep, Heather, you've uh, you've seen her. She's, she's headlines all over the country in comedy clubs, all in the improv. She also tours with Jeff Garland. I'm not sure if you knew that about her. So we're real excited to have Heather with us today. Yes, awesome. I can't wait to hear from her. She is, uh, I actually saw her at the Hollywood Improv. Hey, you know what? We also have your chance to win the brand new Life and Laughs podcast t-shirt at the end of the show. So you can see it. It's on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com, Life and Laughs podcast. Survey Hey, Johnny, this is going to be interesting to you. These are 50% shorter than they were 10 years ago. These are 50% shorter than they were 10 years ago. Uh, my bowel movements? <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Um, <laughs> I, what? What is it? What's the answer? <laughs> Are they really? I want to stop time. We need medical attention because it's important, man. Regularity, that's important. The gastroenterologist out there listening, I may need, the, I may need you to email me. Uh, the answer is phone calls. Phone calls are 50% shorter than they were 10 years ago. Yeah, because everybody's texting now. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk anymore. What do you prefer? Talk or text? Uh, if it's somebody I know, I'd rather talk to them. If it's somebody I don't know, I'd rather you text me. Yeah. I used to love talking to my mom. I didn't realize how much knowledge our parents have until you get older. And then I wanted to hear about how she grew up and experiences and family and and all of those things. And so we would stay on the phone for about an hour a day for the last few years of her life. And I, I love those. I miss those phone calls. But if people texting me from work or things like that, scheduling things, yeah, go ahead, text me. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think um, talking, it puts people in different categories. Texting just kind of, it makes everyone clumped into the same level of caliber, if that makes sense. I, I, I know you hate when people say, if that makes sense. But if that <laughs> makes sense, Johnny... If it makes sense to you, Johnny said this is one of his pet peeves that he doesn't like. <laughs> when people if, say. If that makes sense. It? Johnny, if, yeah. if it makes sense to you, people just kind of fall yeah. all in the same category, if that makes sense. And then, then if they call, because if they call, you talk and you have this either a aggravating conversation and you're like, I don't like talking to this person. And it reminds you what level they really are in your life. Or like you're saying with your mom, if that makes sense, it, it, it puts you, it elevates that person to where they need to be, if that makes sense. 
Oh man, you lost me at the first. If that makes sense, I, everything else was out. <laughs> Just that, that makes sense. <laughs> Hey, uh, another survey here. Ten yeah. percent of us have done this after finding someone has eaten our food out of the work fridge. What do you think that might be? Oh man! Um, if someone got... ate your food out of the work refrigerator. What would you do? I'd get tested for COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, there's probably not a lot of that going on right now, I guess. But it says here the answer is they would send a company wide email about not eating someone else's food that's not yours. Yeah, I know I've read a lot of those. I'm like, who are they talking to specifically? Because there's one person that's doing it. Just talk to that person. If it kept happening, I would probably put like some X-lax in my food (laughs) and put it in there. And then you're going to (laughs) know who it was that ate your food. And not only that, you're going to teach them a lesson. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Hey, here's one. Uh, half of us haven't changed anything about this in three years or more. Half of us, let me repeat that. Half of us haven't changed anything. Let me repeat that. Half of us haven't changed anything about this in three years. Let me repeat that or more. Um, uh, Elias's hair. <laughs> 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 this is true. This is true. I'm just kidding. Actually, you've changed your hair quite a bit. Yeah, I used to change my hair quite a bit. I just changed the direction my hair is combed quite a bit now. Like, if one day it looks fine back in a ponytail, the next day it's like, oh no, my forehead has turned into a five or six head. So I'm gonna pull it. I'm gonna pull it forward today. I hate change. I'm one of those people. I hate things changing because it means time is moving forward and passing yeah. by and I don't like change. You think it's going quicker as we get older or has it always been going at this pace and we just, I don't know. It's been going at the same pace. It's just our brain cells are dying and we can't comprehend it the same. (laughs) That's what it is. That's true. Remember, remember how long it used to take to from 12 to 13. Remember that? Like when you were 12 and you want to turn 13, man, it took forever. I remember being 12 and I wanted to be 14 because you could get your learner's permit to drive. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And then you carry around those cars keys you throw them up in the air catch them you know that way where like they oh man it's so cool at 14 i wanted to be 16 it took forever it took 15 years to go from 14 to 16 did you know there's a a statistic that that says that we actually physically start dying at the age of 28 slowly start to descend to death at the age of 28 i would (laughs) I would, uh, I think I'd argue with that and say the very moment we're born, we're starting to die, aren't we? Like, well, you're se- you're still growing. You're like your cells are rejuvenating. They're growing. You're yeah. So it's saying that there's a point where you actually start to die. Nothing's ooh. proceeding anymore, and that age is 28 years old. Oh man, that makes creepy. sense because that's about the age that men will get ear hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, things start growing other places that, you know, and the gray hair, uh, a lot of people get gray hair in their late 20s, early 30s. So it makes sense. So, so they say it's a sign of wisdom. Gray hair is a sign of nobility and wisdom, but actually it's a sign of death. It's a sign that, of the Grim Reaper. Yes. Now, here's the answer to this. Half of us haven't changed anything about this in three years or more. The answer is outgoing voicemail message. Now with cell phones, like I don't even have a home phone number. 
So I don't even know what my message says. I, I think it's just automatic on mine. It asks me to say my name. I don't know. I, I haven't even, <laughs> I guess I'm guilty of that. I couldn't even tell you what my voicemail message is. You know what I do when I uh, leave messages for no reason now on people's voicemail? I tell them not my number, but they've got my number. You know, I mean, they. I called <laughs> in on that number. It's not the same. Why in the world are we still doing that? Why am I still telling them, here's my number? The thing I want to change my outgoing message to is to say this is telemarketing scam office of the IRS or something like that. You yeah. know? So maybe I'll eliminate half of those calls. Yeah, I caught someone trying to scam me the other day because my real name is Elias. And those uh, closer to me know me as Elijah. I grew up with the name Elijah, which is really the same name. It's, it's interchangeable. But no one, you know, legally, my name is Elias. And that's what I go by for entertainment stuff and all that. But uh, someone emailed me me and it was supposed to be from the IRS and it said, Elijah, you must refile certain things. And I knew, oh, well, if you were the IRS, you would know that I'm not Elijah. And But I gave my social uh, security number anyway. Oh, you, for real? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you gave mine, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey, one more thing here. I've got another statistic here. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are an average person, on average, people do this almost... 280 times per year. And the answer is eat eggs. You eat eggs Ooh. 280 times a year, that, which reminds me, I've got a story about you, Elias, <laughs> and eggs. <laughs> Back when we used to live together, I was asleep in bed. <laughs> and Elias never... was oh. in the kitchen, and I guess boiling eggs. And Oh. Apparently, he had a rotten egg. An egg probably, oh. I don't know, had been in there too long or it's just a bad uh -huh. egg. Yeah. And he boiled it, which brought <laughs> this odor out, apparently. <laughs> it was black inside, I think I think he said. Well, what would you do if you had a rotten egg that started to see? All I heard was, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like, oh, that's kind of what yeah, woke me up a little yeah. bit. But instead of going out the back door to throw it out or even in a trash, yeah, he yeah. runs through the house yeah, into through. the bedroom where I'm sleeping. <laughs> it's a, oh, rotten egg, rotten egg. Opens up the window and throws it out the window where I was sleeping. <laughs> let me smell to me. Let me tell you the other side of the story. The other side is I was in the kitchen. I thought I was going to do something really good. I was going to cook this uh, some eggs, and I cracked this egg. Not only was this thing rotten, I promise you, it had feathers. It was like a young, like I don't know how that one got in there, but it was a it was trying to be a chicken. Like it was, I cracked that thing, and it was the worst smell before it even hit the fire and the flame. It was the worst smell, and then when it hit that, it was immediately. I, it was horrible. I grabbed and I ran through the house. Now, I think subconsciously, you know how you always want to share things with other people? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I didn't want to be alone in this experience and just explain this later. I didn't think that through in my mind, but I think subconsciously, that's what I was thinking. And I ran out and I knew that in the room that John was uh, sleeping in, I knew that window would open right up and didn't have a screen on it. Uh, and so, so I opened that window, John popped his head and said, Oh man, what is that man? What is that man? And, and I dumped it out. Now in the backyard was also this dog. It was my dog. 
Kong and he was a boxer and his name was Bad Boy, Bad Boy Cole. Bad Boy immediately started digging a hole and put his head in the hole. Like he was crying. All you saw was a boxer's, half a boxer's body sticking up. It was so horrible. So horrible. It was a really, really bad smell. It was so bad. Coming up, it's Heather Pasternak on Life and Laughs Podcast. Life and Laughs Podcast is brought to you in part by Dead and Buried Inc. Building a brand is exciting, but there is a lot more that goes into looking professional and staying consistent online than we tend to think. Dead and Buried Inc. are there to help you complete your project by providing top quality screen printing, advertising materials, and marketing services for bands, brands, and businesses of all sizes. With low minimums, fast turnaround times, and the ability to customize anything, they are there to help you from start to finish. So visit deadandburiedinc.com. That's deadandburiedinc.com. Welcome back to Life and Laughs podcast on the Celebrity Hotline. Right now, she is a comedian, actor, and a writer. You may have seen her on The Late Show with Stephen Gobert, Netflix's Cooking on High, Fox's The Mindy Project, and New Girl. She performs her hilarious stand-up act in Los Angeles, New York, London, and Chicago, including the Hollywood Improv and the Comedy Store. Welcome, the very funny... Heather Pasternak, All welcome. Right. Yes. Wow, thank you guys so much for having me. You thank you, Heather. I was actually just texting you that I'm finishing a snack, and I was like, oh. they're going to hear me chewing. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Heather, I've been eating this whole time, so it's all right. It's you a coping pigs. mechanism, you know? Yep. Hey, um, are you snacking like crazy, or are you keeping it together over there? I'm a snacker for sure. Like just because of this or like it just in general? Well, I think being home, but in general, I'm definitely like, I wish I was one of those people who like stress starve themselves, but that's not me. I know me too. What are you snacking on? Right now I'm eating a breakfast salad. It usually like my day starts pretty healthy. And then around like four or five, I completely devolve into like a gross person (laughs) who doesn't abide by my own food. Beer, burgers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly but like i try to hold it together for a few hours just to give like a sense of normalcy yeah you know what i've been doing and it's been crazy is is i i started uh, like a week ago doing that gallon of water a day type thing and i've never been a water drinker i just i can't i just don't crave it so i did that and so i'm snacking less but i weigh more and i'm bigger and gushy in the middle i'm i'm hating <laughs> i'm hating life i'm not for it it actually makes you lose weight for sure drinking a lot of water i know but what's the like within what time frame like how long must i go before i start seeing that show up because it's it's not happening right now you should only weigh yourself in the morning right after you've peed oh yeah see that's not me i'm doing it like right before i go to bed it's horrible masochistic right there yeah it's horrible (laughs) horrible where are you calling in at are you in la right now i'm in la yeah at home and isolation what part of LA are you in? I'm in Echo Park. Oh, okay, okay. Have you have you been out driving? It is so ridiculously like empty out there. Yeah, when I've had to go a couple places, it's definitely refreshing how quick it is to get places and how clear the sky is and how smog free. I mean, I've been tempted to just go on a drive for a drive's sake, but it's hard to motivate to do something when there's like no destination in mind. Like the idea that it's actually right. illegal to like stop and sit somewhere. 
Right. Yeah. You can only keep moving. Just keep moving. We, we were going to go, I was going to take the kids and, and go on an hour drive to Sonic because we don't have any Sonics here. And I used to live in Oklahoma where they had Sonic. Um, are you familiar with Sonic? You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my, oh my gosh. What? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, we have in and out my... over here. I'm yeah, jealous yeah, yeah, of that because yeah. I yeah. came out there. Oh man, I'm uh, that sounds so good right now. In and out. We don't have that here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm familiar. I've got I've got an in and out here in, in my town in Ventura, just north of you. But in and our Sonic is this like it's a drive up kind of thing, and you you drive into these little spots, and they come out with your food and grilled cheese and all this stuff. It's like like a you 50s know, fifties car hop type setting. Oh, that sounds cute. How yeah. many kids do you have? million i'm half mexican so i've got it <laughs> i feel like this quarantine is very real for the people who are at home with their oh. kids yeah yeah are you Normal locked in a closet long. right now like how are you even doing this no i've got no there's there's a few characters roaming around in the living room like just right right close within 30 feet of me so there's just creeping Jeez. it's it's morning ish <laughs> you know so it's okay right Hey, what's quarantine been like for you? What's different for you? Um, There have been some nice things about quarantine. Like I definitely feel less pressure to accomplish things. I feel like I have kind of this opportunity to look at and maybe try to not sort of base my value on like whether I can earn money or not, which I think is something I always should have gotten good at because (laughs) I'm a comedian. So like what a nightmare. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just like putting self-care first, like it's sad to me that it took a pandemic for me to be like, maybe I should move my body every day (laughs) for my mood. Uh, and I've actually had time to have been like cataloging. I don't even know if that's the word cataloging my, um, stand up jokes. Like in the past, I always try to, uh, I, I record my, my shows and then I try to listen to them after, you know, did I come up with anything new? Can I improve anything? Can I learn something? And, I was always behind. Um, so now it's like I actually have time to listen to those sets. So that's been kind of nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just trying to pretend I know how to relax. You know, I don't really, but I'm faking it. Yeah. Are you right. one of those people that is always on the go? You seem very energetic a lot of times on some of your videos. Are you always doing something or are you more the laid back, just take it as it comes kind of person? I'm definitely a little bit more of uh, doing things a lot. Like I was always driving somewhere, going somewhere, doing something. And part of that is energy. And part of that is also just anxiousness. I saw you perform at the Hollywood Improv, uh, a great show, by the way. You were there with uh, Jeff Garland of the Goldbergs. Yes, I uh, love opening for Jeff Garland. He's the mentor and friend. How did you meet Jeff and, and start doing shows with him? Tell us about that. Well, I, um, one of my best friends growing up, is Milana Vintrub, a really talented actress and comedian as well. And she was originally started getting known for being Lily on the AT&T commercial. And she was doing like a best friends show where they invite a comedian and one of their best friends and you like riff and tell stories. So she invited me, we were doing the show because we've known each other since we were like auditioning for Barbie commercials together. (laughs) We were like sick (laughs) and we had a great time. And then I guess she posted a clip of it and Jeff Garland was a fan of hers. I don't know through what, but he sort of clicked on me through her and ended up going down the rabbit hole that was like my Instagram videos at the time. And I used to do more weird videos back then where I would just be like 
in my parked car, like staring at the camera. Um, <laughs> I got this email and the subject was hello from Jeff Garland. And it was like, do you want to come open for me at Flappers or for me at Largo with Wanda Sykes? And I thought that what? I was like, yeah, I was like, no way. I was like, yeah, okay. I'll see you and Wanda at Largo. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And he was like, great, see you there. And then I showed up and it was really him and he was really nice. And um, wow. yeah, we became friends from there. I mean, it was kind of funny. I think he had seen a video of mine that for some reason he thought I was a hairdresser. So when I got there, he asked me to fix his hair. And I was like, really, I was like so confused. I just started like running my fingers through his hair. And I was like, I don't know what is happening right now. But I think oh, it's no. cool. Um, so yeah, we laugh about that now. But he's one of the most supportive and like fun people to open for because he's such an improviser. And he'll always say like, go fail, go try something new, yeah. you know? Wouldn't it be great if Jeff so, does that for every Every person that opens for him, like everyone, he asks them to just do his he hair. Does. Like, yeah, yeah. Male oh, or female, right, yeah. no weirdness, just everybody <laughs> get in on the hair. I know. He must have been confused too, because I was definitely just like very uh, tentative. He must have been like, she's not good at what she does. <laughs> Did I see that you recently got married? I did. I got hitched, which is like so much of my stand-up was about being married and being exactly. hungry. So I'm halfway there. I'm halfway so there. So you're having to redo your whole show. Kind of. But the truth is, it's just about figuring out how to change the tenses on those jokes. Because those jokes are still funny. It's just adding something about like when I was dating my husband or when I first met my husband or back when I was single. You know what I mean? But right. it is definitely something to navigate, like sort of dance around because... It is funnier when it feels like something is happening right now. And so, but you'll always be writing new jokes about what's happening right now. I mean, the beautiful and horrible thing about life is there's always something to complain about, right? Has and this, now has you this... have a new, a new butt <laughs> of your jokes. Exactly. Hey, he has hey, been speak, good sport. Speaking of the butt of the jokes, I listened to your podcast and um, the Jokes oh, yeah. on Who podcast. And you guys were kind of, uh, you were dialoguing about uh, terminology that you use and stuff like that. But I love, let me just say this. I love the concept of your your podcast about about oh, bringing in so the much. person I, I i where did you come up with that is that just something that kind of you know the universe handed you as a gift you know we were so it was actually our jokes on who podcast is about uh, a podcast where we invite a comedian and someone from their life they've written a joke about and give that person a chance to kind of like tell their side of the story <laughs> um <laughs> So it's definitely like insider baseball, but so many of my jokes are about my relationships. And when I was like dating, it would be really hard to find a guy who was like secure enough to be like, yeah, talk about everything, you know? Sure. Yeah. And once I did find it, it was great. But then there'd be a couple of times like after the shows, they would always go to my fiance like, oh, are you that guy or, you know, and it's like, it felt like people were naturally curious. Like if you invite your girlfriend to a show and everybody knows that she's your girlfriend and you tell a joke about her, the whole audience won't be able to help themselves from looking for her reaction. So we kind of right. realized like, oh, there's an interest here into like what happens behind the scenes and maybe it would be fun. And I think our friends were just listening to us kind of bicker about one of my jokes and they were like, you guys should do a podcast. And we were like, maybe that would be really, really fun because I always have some new joke I've written about him. And it is kind of interesting to, as a comedian, open yourself up to opinions because like so much of our stuff, it's like, don't tell me what to say on stage. <laughs> and right. I don't know, like when I was younger, if I'd write a joke about a guy I was seeing and he'd be upset, I'd be like, it's my art, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but then as you get older, you realize like, oh, maybe people are more important than jokes. And it is kind of like, usually if I write a joke about him, I'll be like, hey, I wrote this joke. Does it bother you? And his answer is always no, which is amazing. But like, I do think that it is kind of a balance, right? Of you want to tell jokes that are sort of about you, where you don't feel like you're telling other people's secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let me ask you this, Heather. Where did you first start doing stand-up? I'm, I'm a stand-up. I do communication for a living and, and, and that kind of thing. So I'm more of a storytelling uh, comic. And I'm oh, always cool. interested in, in where people started, you know, those, those kind of questions. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I was doing, like, commercials when I was a little kid. So it's kind of all of my parents' fault. And then I went to theater school and... I didn't really know I was funny yet. I mean, my, my whole life, people would tell me I was funny. And I was like, no, I'm going to be like a serious actress, you mm -hmm. know. And in college, I remember just being like, why am I so bad at Shakespeare? Like not really understanding <laughs> where or how to kind of use my talents. And then I moved back to Los Angeles after graduating NYU for theater. And it was like really hard to get an agent. I remember feeling like, oh, I'm just like another American girl in America without credits yet. And um, stand-up comedy was just something to do that I felt like, oh, I could take this class that Milana actually suggested to me, Jerry Katzman's stand-up class, which is one of the best classes I've ever taken where, okay. you know, they teach you what you'd learn in like eight years of open mics in like 10 weeks. Yeah, And you get a tape at the end that helps you book shows. Um, and it fosters like a very supportive community of comedians, which you usually don't get at an open mic setting. Right. So I came back and I was sort of, I had been dabbling. Like I had my friend Morgan Jay, who's an amazing comedian. He took me to my first open mic. And I was sort of like, before taking the class, I was basically just getting up there and like reading diary entries. Like they weren't like joke structured yet. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it was like just this idea that, oh, I could be in charge and I don't have to wait for someone to cast me in something. Like I can write something and talk about what I want to talk about and then also have like shows to invite industry people to like this will be great. And then it was just sort of a happy accident that it kind of like turned me into a writing and, and a writer. And I met my writing partner, Kaylee Stolick through stand up and we did like a feature film rewrite together but um, we don't we also write separately as well but um yeah it just sort of felt right I don't know it was yeah. kind of mother of invention desperation thing of like not getting any auditions maybe I need to try to do something for myself and isn't that great too that because you're in you know there you are in the culture and in the environment where you have that opportunity you know could you imagine stand-ups and and you know communicators and stuff it, it, had we been you know uh in, in a different generation where it's just like, yeah, I go hunt and fish and stuff. And then, yeah, but I, I write jokes. I tell jokes. And it, it just doesn't work as, <laughs> well, you know. Thanks. It's funny because sometimes I fantasize about what my life would be like if I was the kind of person who'd had some like corporate job and like got to just do stand up for a hobby. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, as you get older, you realize like, oh, I like money. Yeah. And I don't know, like, it is sort of sometimes I, I, I feel envious of people like when I'm at a party and someone says something funny, and I'm just like, wow, like you get to just be funny for fun. Like you don't have to exploit that part of your personality. <laughs> yeah. What that be like? Grass is always you, greener, right? What would you rather do more be an actress, a writer or do stand up? I mean, in a dream world, I would like to act in my own thing that I wrote, like, you know, the Insecure series, like that is really cool to me that that yeah. girl wrote that show and gets to play Issa. And it's like, it's funny, but it's also acting. But, you know, so or Fleabag is an amazing example of um, 
that kind of yeah. dream of yeah. being that triple threat. Um, but I'm I'm gearing up to direct a short film soon. I've never done that before, and I think oh, wow. it'll be interesting to see what it feels like to not be on camera for something. Yeah. I wonder if I'll e- even get that far. I might change my mind, but um, yeah, there are a lot of things I'm interested in and that I want to try, and sometimes I think it works to my advantage because I'm like always excited about something, but also maybe to my disadvantage. Cause I don't have like a razor sharp focus of like one thing I'm only passionate yeah. about. Tell us about the first time that you just totally bombed on stage and, and what happened and how you reacted oh, to it. God, which time, which time? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I bombed when I was just doing open mics and I had just gone through a breakup and I like drank a bottle of something. I think I was with my friend Morgan and I tried, I was sitting in the front seat and he was driving and I think I tried to put like a very sad move on him. Like I was going to try to kiss him or something, but you know, when you lean forward too fast and the seatbelt catches you, it was like the seatbelt was like, no, like you can't Uh be this bad. And, um, that was that was one time then there was uh in london i went to london with jeff garland to open for him at the soho theater which was amazing but before we got there i was trying to book little underground shows for myself and i booked this show where this guy like had no idea who jeff was but he was running a jewish comedy night so it was like sort of ridiculous that he didn't know and it's funny like now his facebook photo to this day is like him and jeff garland yeah even though when i first tried to connect him he was like what anyway so i got to this show that was a total mess and the guy introed me and the intro he gave me was basically like jeff garland this big amazing celebrity is here but first we have to listen to this woman (laughs) (laughs) was like the the undertone you know and when you open for a celebrity that happens or sometimes you get audience members that are sort of like where's jeff you know Um, other times they're supportive and they're open to it because they think oh he must like you but it's good because it beats you up but it can also be like really hard and that was a show where I literally got zero laughs like it was 11 minutes of silence the only person who was laughing was Jeff Garland who was dying (laughs) crying in the the back of the room like laughing so hard and it was it was much less painful because I had a friend there like if I had been on my own I don't know what it would have been and then you know there are also the shows where early on the first time you invite people that you care about to a show and you kind of bomb in front of them or you're too tense or you're not in the moment or your timing is off you know whatever I don't remember the specifics because I'm like you know maybe six or seven years in now but I do have memories of when I first started like waking up in the middle of the night because I was so ashamed of like how I did in front of someone but then you know you those make you stronger like now I really don't feel afraid to eat shit I'm just like I've done it I've woken up the next day I've realized I still love myself it I learned something so there's a freedom like yeah. You know, I, I've been doing a bit through Jerry Katzman's stand-up class. Sometimes I'll coach people who've been through the program. And it's interesting working with new comics because they're so afraid of failing sometimes that I'm just like, you need to go fail because you'll feel so much better after you, like, go through that. It's like your first heartbreak. It hurts the most. But then after, you're like, oh, I'll never be that ass out again, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Uh, I love it. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages then of being a female in comedy? 
Is it easier? Is it harder? Uh, well, I think that it's nice because I feel like, oh, I'm a diversity hire. If somebody's looking for that, and as a white person, you don't really have that moment a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it can be frustrating. Like, still, I always notice when I'm on a lineup and I'm the only woman, that doesn't really feel good. Or like, even things like where Netflix, I don't know, I don't know, like Netflix or some company maybe I don't remember who it was so I guess I shouldn't throw them under the bus but I saw this thing where they were like which comedy house would you live in and it was like you know Chelsea Handler and Nick Ski Glazer and then like 65 men and you know it's a little discouraging but it also feels like oh maybe there's room here for uh some trailblazing or I don't know I mean it is really nice I feel like I get feedback from women that they enjoy my show or guys will come up and like buy a shirt for their girlfriends. And, you know, I think that comedy clubs everywhere are wising up to the fact that women are in their audiences and, and even the people it's like, I don't necessarily think it means that they're bad people, but like, it sort of makes sense. Like if you're the head of comedy at some place and you're a guy, you probably have more guy friend comics that you want to get up. And I think that it would be nice if people focus a little more on diversity. Like when I'm putting a show together, I like try to have diversity of age, diversity of ethnicity, diversity of um, sexual orientation and those kinds of things, because I just think it makes for a more interesting show. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What's your favorite place to do comedy out of all the places you've been? Oh gosh, there are so many good places. You know, truthfully, I really like, um, underground bar shows like I like shows where it feels like it's a bar I would invite my friends to anyway um whereas some of the touristy spots where you have to like pay a bunch for parking and the item minimum and they feel a little more formal so I really like the Virgil I host a show there when the quarantine's not happening called Fat Cat Comedy and that's a place where like that's a bar I would go to anyway on a night that I wasn't doing comedy yeah but uh it's a good vibe although there's also something like I was saying like your shows, doing your shows or doing shows in front of people whose opinions you care about is harder. So I kind of like going to, like, I'm the kind of person I like going to a party where I don't know anyone, or I like doing a show where I don't know anyone because I have nothing to lose. And uh, the shows I've really been enjoying, there's a Don't Tell Comedy, which they do pop-up shows all over. And they're usually the ones I've been doing are like in San Diego. And it's interesting because you'll drive just like 30 minutes out of Los Angeles and all of a sudden you're like, oh, people here want to laugh, you know? <laughs> right. Like, there's something about being in Hollywood where there's this vibe of like, oh yeah, you're a Hollywood comedian, like make me <laughs> yeah. laugh. And then you get farther and farther away from the industry and people seem just like more like they want to be there and they want to laugh. And so that's a good feeling. Although, you know, the other kind of shows, they toughen you up. So it's like the ones I enjoy are probably the ones I learn the least from where I just get to feed my ego <laughs> and make people laugh. Yeah, have you ever been, have you ever been starstruck? Um, I think growing up in Los Angeles, it's a little bit hard to get starstruck, but I yeah. went to um, a premiere party for Curb Your Enthusiasm and I ran into Susie and um, <laughs> I was a little starstruck by her because when I started comedy, my mom had got me a book of hers, like signed. And yeah. I don't know why that just like stuck out to me. I think that, you know, female comics, I definitely get excited to see. But I think when you grow up in Los Angeles, the starstruck feeling goes away a little bit, but also just like, because I feel like I've sort of learned that people who are celebrities just want to be treated like they're not in a way. Mm -hmm. 
so it's sort of like getting starstruck doesn't really get you anywhere. You know what I mean? Right, right. You don't know me like that. We've got a segment here that we like to do where we get to know you on a more personal level, more than just, you know, what you are as, as far as what you do. We're going to ask okay. you a few quick questions. <laughs> first of all, this is our first segment. We want to know what was your first car? Oh, my God. My first car? I'm trying to remember. I was just such a brat. I was driving my mom's car and it was like, I was like a 18 year old in a Jaguar. And it was like, what? <laughs> uh, go, like if I had known that I was going to peak so early, like, I don't know if I would have gone on to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I drive a Chevy Sonic now for perspective. Um, okay. Nothing against my Chevy. I love it dearly, but it's got a slightly different vibe. It's, it's very weird to be a young person with a Jaguar too. Like it definitely feels like a Cougar car. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure (laughs) okay what was your first job oh god my first job i was an intern for an agent in beverly hills who was blind oh wow Um, it's as ridiculous as it sounds yeah it does sound like you're making it up as we go this is a sitcom and she was hard to work for and she made me do things that were like emotionally invasive like she had me like go drop off a letter to like someone she was in a fight with at like a meeting and like it was like hostile and and then she went on to rep me and she had a lot of opinions about how I looked or did my hair or headshots and it was like you can't see like right. you are <laughs> um, let me describe this to you comical. again yeah that's an awesome sitcom in the making right there, I think. <laughs> Tell us about uh, your first kiss. Who was it? My first kiss was in preschool. I was kind of an uh, early bloomer in that sense. Yeah, I saw this preschool. little boy, and I think he was sick, and I went and planted one on him. I don't know what it is about me that I was like, that one, the one that looks like he has a cold. With um, a runny nose. I, yeah, I began getting cold sores shortly after that. So, <laughs> you know, went in with a bang. Went in with a bang, yeah. I got to say. Uh, tell us uh, your first concert. Who, who was your first concert? My first concert I went to was with my parents. We went to see Hall & Oates. Uh, oh, I nice. believe it was. Yeah, it was fun. And I think it was at what's uh, the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, I remember just, it's so funny being a kid and you remember singing passionately along to songs where you're like, I didn't understand those lyrics. Like, I remember really loving that song. Leave me alone. I'm a family man. And it was like, what did I even think I was singing about? I don't know. Yeah. But that was fun. Oh, man. (laughs) The first comedy show that you ever did, where was it at? I think the first real show I did was, at the Ha Ha Cafe in Burbank. It was a showcase for Jerry Katzman's stand-up class. And it was really fun. I mean, I'd gone to a bunch of open mics before that, but those don't quite feel like shows. They're like, you know, back-a-bar kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is our either-or segment. You pick one or the other. I'm sure you've done this before. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, you prefer to cook or order out? Cook. I mean, not right now. It's hard to say that, but... I like to cook because I, I'm a control freak and I like to know what's actually going to be in what I ate. Yes, I'm the same way. <laughs> I thought I was the only one around you know? here that's like that. <laughs> I have a freezer, I've been telling yeah. everybody, full of lean cuisine because I'm so paranoid right now with the pandemic to go let other people prepare my food. I'm, I'm, I know I'm overly totally. 
<laughs> cautious, well, I'm, but that's I'm actually not as worried about the hot food, but I, for me, it's more of a food allergy thing. And like, just like the kind of oil people are cooking in and stuff where you're like, you know, to make it taste good and be cheap, that they're not doing the healthiest stuff. Okay. Are you a dog or cat person? I'm a cat person, but I do like them both. How many cats do you have? Do you have a cat? I have two cats and they're super delish. What are their names? <laughs> their names are Lala and Marlo. And actually, my husband and I went to, we had mutual friends in college, but we never met in college. And when we finally dated, we realized we had adopted cats from the same litter eight years prior to meeting. What? So our cats are siblings. We got parent trapped by our cats. What? Like, we have to get the cats back together. And the cutest part about the whole story is that the cats hate each other, just like real sisters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy? Ooh, that's really hard. <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to think. Well, Richard Pryor came first, though, right? Yes. Yeah, one generation up. So I feel like we have to give it to the older generation because they, like, paved the way. You know what I mean? Like, it's not fair to forget the old people that made it happen right, and then just right. give it to the newbies. But that's really tough. I definitely enjoy them both a lot. Eddie Murphy and some of his movies have me, like, so laughing. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, I, I, okay, here's here's a little breakdown of that question, though. I think it would be more accurate is, would it be Richard Pryor or George Carlin? George yeah. Carlin. Okay. Because Can I you... feel like he was, I mean, I'm not quite sure on the timeline. Weren't they about the same or George? Yeah. Carlin yeah. I think it was OG, exactly. OG, I think though. they were right there. I think oh. that George Carlin was like uh, a little more, and maybe I just haven't done enough homework, but political or like, it felt like he was sneaking yeah. epiphanies into his comedy in a way that was so admirable. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Rap or country music? Ooh, that's also hard. I mean, I like country music, but I don't like to admit it to people. So maybe <laughs> I'll pick rap. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell who, Taylor what, Swift, okay? Is Taylor Swift your favorite? Who who do you listen to? What's on? What do you listen to? I on like your phone? Taylor Swift, and I like pop country music. Like I don't know who the people are, but I like ninety five point one and like some of the songs. Um, but I usually only listen to them when I'm alone in my car, and then like my husband will get in and it'll be on, and I'll be like, "Who put this here?" You know, like, <laughs> Okay, like you've to been to it. You've been on both of these shows. You have to pick either or. And I and when I say this, I don't mean your experience. I mean which show that you preferred, the Mindy Project or New Girl. Ooh, that's hard. Huh. I have my um, favorite. Which one is yours? I love New Girl. Really? I, I love that show. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mindy Mindy Project to to even out the score because that is one of those shows where the woman who wrote it is in it, and it's just kind of impressive to me um but new girl was amazing and the, the people that they had in that show like all the performers are so great and actually i remember when i did that show i had a scene that was like i was in a focus group with a bunch of the guys and i yeah. remember they were telling me that it was kind of special because they felt like maybe the writers didn't always put them in scenes together because they had so much fun improvising that it would end up being like a nightmare for the editors later <laughs> Yeah. So I felt like kind of special that I got to be in the scene where they had so many of the great players, like all kind of bouncing off of each other. <laughs> Love the characters that they developed on, on that show. So funny together. Totally. Okay. Michael Jackson or Prince? I think Prince because he wasn't a sexual predator. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm going to go was, with you on that one. I'm going to go and stand on your side. You know what I mean? Also, yeah. like, he's kind of like Bowie in the trailblazing sort of way. I mean, right. Michael, I feel like is tragic more. I mean, I like both of their music. He doesn't get enough credit. And he like made androgyny 
cool right. in America yeah. anyway. Same with yeah. Bowie. Yeah. It's so epic. Yeah. Dancing or singing? I think dancing. Are you a dancer? Do you like to dance? I like to dance. Um, I like to dance. It feels good. I mean, I'll karaoke as well, but it's not as important to me. Like, I feel like my body will get sore if I don't mm-hmm. go dancing. But I feel like yeah. my voice isn't like, I need a place to sing. You know? How do you feel about Zumba? Zumba's fun. I've actually been yes. doing this workout. This woman, Columbia Mafia Fit is her name okay. on All YouTube. Right. And she does oh, she yeah. does these uh, booty workouts that are hilarious to like salsa <laughs> music and stuff. It's, it almost makes you feel like you're not working out. It's like someone is a big enough character. You just feel like you're right. hanging out with someone wild. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> concert or a movie? Hmm. I think concert. Especially after talking about the Hollywood Bowl, like venues like that where the sound is like amazing. And, and also I'm a people person. I really like people. Definitely in the middle of a quarantine, I can say I'm itching more for a concert. <laughs> okay. Make out. <laughs> and of course, now we know you're married, but before your married days, would you rather make out with a rock star or an athlete? I like want to lick Mick Jagger's armpit. That's like my only <laughs> rock star fetish. Don't Married or not, is that, that like, still looking not a... to fulfill. Um, <laughs> athletes don't quite do it for me. Maybe because I just feel like they're, I feel like they might murder me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Chances are I feel a little going safer up with you. the rock star. I think it's going to be harder to lick an athlete's uh, armpit than it would be Mick Jagger's. I think it's just. Yeah, you can catch Mick too, right? a lot yeah. easier. Too muscly. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Oh, man. Okay, which do you prefer, New York or L.A.? Ooh, I love them both. I mean, I live in Los Angeles, so I guess I have to say L.A. All my family and friends are here. Like, when I see a palm tree, I feel safe. I feel relaxed. But I do go back to New York a couple times a year, and I miss it already. There's nothing like it. I don't know why people pin them against each other. They pair really nicely together, in my opinion. I agree. (laughs) All right, this next question comes from our dumb question wheel. We put in a bunch of dumb questions. Oh, boy. And we spin a wheel. Okay. If you what could were the be last a- question? No. <laughs> that was the intelligent question wheel. Those are your smart questions? Yeah. No, actually, they were pretty good questions. If you could be a man for a day, what would you do? Pee my name in the snow. 100%. You'd have to drink a, a lot of water. <laughs> okay, to... well, maybe I'd start with my initials, but, like, I don't know why that just seems extremely fun to me. Or go walking in an alley at night. <laughs> You'd have to hope it was a snowy yeah. day that you were the man, though. Like, that's because it would right. be wasted. I'd have to go to, like, Arrowhead and figure it out. Right. <laughs> well, hey, tell everyone where they can find out more information about you. You can find me on Instagram at Hello Pasternak. I have a website, HeatherPasternak.com. Uh, I'm, I'll be posting my virtual shows. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the quarantine world looks like, but um, I know I can't shut up. So I'm sure there will be places to find me. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This was thank a lot you. of fun. I hope yes. the launch goes well. Let me know when all the episodes are out. Definitely will. Thanks so much, Heather, for coming on the show. You're so hilarious. And we wish you the best with your career. You are just fantastic. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. You guys, too. Don't be strangers. Bye. We will be right back with your chance to win a Life and Laughs podcast t-shirt. Welcome to the stage, Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric the Entertainer, yeah. <laughs> What's up? 
love. Shout out to my boy Johnny Sanchez, radio host, DJ, actor, provocateur. <laughs> What's up, Johnny? Met my man at the Memphis uh, Grizzly Laker game. Had a cool time. We had a lot of laughs. Uh, big up to you, man. Congratulations on your new podcast. Everybody check that out. Life and Laughs. Life and Laughs. It's going to be the new podcast. I know I'll be checking it out. Hey, Johnny, do your thing. Johnny Sanchez. I'll Welcome back to Life and Laughs Podcast. You don't want to miss the next episode. Our special guest, comedian extraordinaire, Dustin Nickerson. Dustin, you've seen him. You've seen him on Comedy Central. You've seen him on Netflix. It's going to be a great episode. We had a lot of fun talking to Dustin. Very funny guy. You don't want to miss that. Hey, also, we want to give you guys something on the show. We want you to have your very own Life and Laughs T-shirt. You can check them out. See what they look like. It's on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash life and laughs podcast. Really cool shirts. Check them out. You can have one. All you have to do is share the link to the podcast from our Facebook page to your page and tag us so that we'll know you did it. And we're going to enter your name in the drawing for a free life and laughs podcast t-shirt. Really simple. It's facebook.com life and laughs podcast. We will announce the winner on the last day of the month. Follow us on Instagram, life underscore and underscore laughs underscore podcast. Jojo, come on, man. And on Facebook, again, that's facebook.com forward slash life and laughs podcast. And you can send your emails to life and laughs podcast at gmail.com. And remember to live life, love everybody, and, and laugh, laugh always. always.